shit that scares us. A podcast about scary stuff. Morena, everybody. How you doing? Morena, howdy, my. We're we're back for another episode of Shit That Scares Us. Did you miss us? Missed you a lot, but we're here now, so it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) You can stop crying. Oh man, it's 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 good to be recording again. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm recording for the first time in my brand new place. Um, so hopefully, Woo. yeah, hopefully the sound sounds good. I'm in an actual room now, like an office space, which has a door. So I'm hoping that the um, audio sounds like it's bouncing off the walls in a nice way and not a terrible way. Um, it, we- it's so shit. It's so shit. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Get me out of here. Um, <laughs> how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Mm. I am sitting here um, with my cat, who has been a little shit. Um, well, uh, before we get started, folks, we just wanted to quickly uh, just take a moment to acknowledge what's happening in Ukraine right now. Obviously, we hope that everybody there is safe. Um, it's kind of just it's really sad to see. We hope it's helpful in any way. Um, but we've posted on our Instagram, uh, I think, is it in our link tree, Vic? That we've got, yeah, yeah. So um, we've got we've got a post that kind of uh, lists a few pages that um, uh, are doing a lot of helpful things for Ukraine at the moment, and um, we've also got a link uh, in our link tree as well um, with resources and and other bits of information, places to donate and whatnot. Um, and yeah. throughout the throughout uh, most of last week as well, I was uh, posting a lot of stuff to our story. Um, yeah just with other helpful bits and pieces so yeah definitely go check it out and mm. uh yeah if you can um i'm sure they would really appreciate it and we would too yeah and we'll try to keep we're not a news outlet or anything but we'll try to keep posting as much reliable stuff as we can um when we find it and try to keep uh keep the energy going and stuff but yeah it's yeah. it's really tra- tragic and we uh don't support tyranny in any way shape or form um and we really hope that it's resolved soon so this week we thought that we would uh, do some more Reddit reads because it's fun and we like it and it's it's cool to see other people write stuff and then hear stuff from other people other than us. Oh, um, hell's yeah. yeah. Like, hell yeah. and I also find, uh, dude, it still blows my mind. Like even now, like we're almost a year in mm. of like doing this podcast together, and it still like surprises me and blows my fucking mind mm. that. I find these stories on Reddit sometimes. I'm just like, are you okay? <laughs> like, I read one the other day and the, like, OP, the original poster, hasn't, like, checked in in a while. And I actually had to comment. I was like, has anyone checked in on him? Is he okay? <laughs> oh, my God. I hope he was. Because <laughs> what... Because, like, what I read was just, like, this diary entry of fucked upness of, mm. like, shit that's happening in his house. And I'm just like, oh, my God. <laughs> It's 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 oh, always gosh. so funny living a like a life sort of removed from paranormal stuff um, mm. for the most part, aside from you know TV shows that we watch, and then coming and sitting down once a week and hearing stuff like this because it really just reminds you that uh, the world is a scary, scary place. <laughs> exactly. Like I'm so lucky that I don't see shit. I just like feel shit from time to time if yeah. I'm like in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. But um. It's just like, oh, fuck. I feel yeah. so sorry for people that see shit. And it's just like they go home from work and it's just like, cool, so that's the Slender Man in the back corner. Yep. <laughs> Can't wait <laughs> to be one of those evenings. <laughs> my feet up. Oh, wait, there's a poltergeist. Yeah. <laughs> you'd hope you'd just get a ghost that was like a helpful, you know, like someone yeah. in a past life who was just like 
a caring people person and then they would just help you out uh, unfortunately that's oh, not God. doesn't seem to be the way that it goes is it ever no what what have i done this week oh i saw batman the other day went to the uh, new zealand premiere of batman i won't do too many spoilers it was really fun though and i have really felt like i was immersed in uh gotham for the first time in quite a while so that's that's my no spoilers because i know people get very anxious about spoilers um but yeah go and see it if you haven't i really want to yeah (laughs) when i saw your story i was just like bitch (laughs) it's i saw it on the first of march and it's now the third of march and by the time we post this it'll be like why i think it'll be like the next week or um yeah. so yeah go and see it it was it was fun um looking forward to it yeah Bit of robert pattinson love it <laughs> zoe kravitz beautiful wonderful actress mm. uh, uh what what have you been doing have you seen anything good oh dude i actually just finished binge watching this uh series that's on netflix at the moment um uh, fuck. it's something along the lines of like the worst roommate ever mm-hmm and it's literally like this like documentary series of people that have had literally the terrible um the worst roommates like uh i don't want to give too much away but there was like someone that was just like having boarders come stay and then like they oh. never left oh dun, dun, dun. oh yeah um, oh damn yeah i was like what they yeah. just like kept subletting the apartment but you're talking about something else <laughs> no, no 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 not a he a she oh but see there's me just assuming mostly correctly based on statistics that uh, it would have been a uh a yeah. he there it is ah oh, fuck it I'll, I'll, I'll ruin it for you so yeah the first first woman it's like it's only one episode the rest of them are amazing mm. um but yeah she's she's a serial killer and, holy uh, shit yeah, man her her borders don't end up uh leaving that's the uh, the boarding house. Ooh. Yeah. Um. And because obviously she looks like a sweet old lady, no one picked up on it. For oh, she's like an old ages. lady. That's even scarier. Yeah. Like think of Nana like fucking like knocking off some people and burying them in the backyard. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I don't want to like see my a... sweet grandmother that way. <laughs> like she's literally this like sweet looking old lady, and yeah, and she's not even an old lady. She was like in her fifties, but she made herself look older, so she looked unassuming. Right, the perfect color. Yeah. So sorry, those are the only spoilers I'll give. Everything else was amazing, but like if that that's the precursor for the series, so you know it's fucked up. Okay. <laughs> I'm 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 in. Old ladies trying to get away with crime. Love it. I mean, I don't love oh, it for man. the borders, but you know. I was watching, and I'm like fuck because <laughs> i'm it- currently looking at like potentially moving out of my uh current flat and like finding a different spot like just i want to live like somewhere else in auckland yeah. and yeah i'm just like <laughs> why did i have to watch this whilst i'm like looking at new flats well, and looking at houses at like- least you know not to live with her <laughs> an unassuming grandmother so exactly you, you've learned oh, a life God. lesson there life lesson learned. <laughs> do you want who's going first today do you want to go first or should I go first? I'll go first. You go first. Okay. I'll go first. I'm excited. I'm going to settle right. in. Um, so this is a story uh, that I found on Reddit. And thank you, Tom, for letting me use it. And it's called Something Followed Me From the Psychiatric Hospital. Yeah. Okay. So I caught a lot of shit for this story in another sub. Thus, I removed it. But this is a personal experience, and what you read into it, yeah, that's up to you. By the way, this is a long story. Sorry. 
So I've been back and forth on whether or not I should tell this story, mostly because it involves some aspects of my working life and I'm not at liberty to discuss, but also because it had a severe personal impact on me. Anyway, uh, I have decided to share it here and I hope you understand why there are things that I simply can't go into detail about. This all started in December of 2020. As part of my education, I was scheduled for a six-month internship at a psychiatric hospital. I had previous experience working with these types of patients, so I was really excited about it. I had switched around the four different wards in the hospital, so I treated a lot of different people with lots of different problems. I was curious about all the different aspects, so I never said no to a task, which meant I came across everything from murders to pedophiles to suicidal teenagers and personality disorders. In my work life, I've had people spit at me, verbally and physically assault me, throw shit at me, all that stuff, so I like to think that I'm a pretty tough guy. And besides that, I always carried a personal assault alarm. One press of a button and a staff from every ward would be there in a matter of seconds. On one of the wards, I quickly noticed that there was a certain room which was monitored 24-7 by a guard. To be clear, this is a pretty normal procedure, either because the patient is physically abusive, suicidal, uh, or restrained. But most patients get the watch pulled off them relatively quickly. I asked a colleague and she told me it was a female patient. Let's just call her Anne who was extremely aggressive and psychotic beyond belief. At that point, Anne had been restrained to her bed for about three months. I could not believe what I was hearing. We have a really strict procedure when it comes to restraining people with belts. Also, they're soft belts, made of fabric, nothing crazy or leather like you see in the movies. So, restraining the patient was, you know, really absolutely the last resort we go to. I asked the chief psychiatrist what was up with this girl and he just scuffed and said, if only I knew, but honestly, she defies logic. He told me at first they thought she was psychotic, but her symptoms only got worse. No matter how much different medication they tried, uh, it just got worse. Then they thought she might have suffered some kind of trauma uh, and was in a dissociative state, but still didn't fit the profile of her symptoms. She'd gone from being a perfectly normal woman in her 20s to being violent, extremely aggressive, and unable to speak in just four months. That is practically unheard of, especially as no drugs were involved. We regularly make toxicology checks of all our patients and always when they're first admitted. Uh, one day, my alarm went off, and they're all connected, so I knew where I needed to go to run and help my colleague. I immediately knew it was Anne's room, and I was right. She had only had her legs and torso fixated. Again, normal procedure if the patient is otherwise a relatively calm person. She had defecated in her hand and thrown it at the guard watching her. She then proceeded to bite her fingers so hard that three or four, I can't remember the exact number, had really bad fractures. Both her hands were a bloody mess, and she needed, like, 50 stitches afterwards. Oh my god. It wasn't the blood or the fact that she would throw her own filth at us. I'd seen that loads of times. But the screams this woman made, it was the most primal, 
guttural and terrifying sound I had ever heard. It scared me shitless. The best way I can describe it, something like a bear growling and a mountain lion hissing and spitting at the same time. I have seen my fair share of people in like a primal distress, but I could have never imagined that a person could make sounds like that. As an intern, I am in no way allowed to use force, so I was just watching as seven of my colleagues tried to fixate her fully to her bed. They had serious trouble pinning her down. Just to remind you, these are really experienced people. At last, we called the medicinal alarm, which immediately calls for the chief psychiatrist to come and make decisions. He decided it was best to forcefully medicate her. They gave her one shot, and then a second shot. It only seemed to piss her off, even though it should have put a bear to sleep. At the third injection, she calmed enough so that we could restrain her. She never nodded off, she just breathed heavily and kept staring up at the same corner of the room, sometimes smirking at something only she could see. Fast forward two weeks. I was back in the ward, it was a relatively calm weekend, So there really wasn't too much to do. Anne was in one of her good periods. So she had her restraints removed, but a guard was always with her though. I was sitting in the office when suddenly I see Anne walking in the hallway without a guard. I don't know if he'd taken a bathroom break or whatever, but he wasn't around. So I caught up to her and I asked her what she was doing in the hallway alone. But of course, she didn't respond. I should mention that many of my colleagues were afraid of Anne, and rightfully so. Even though everyone is aware that it's just the illness and not the person attacking you. But when it keeps happening, that patient does catch some kind of stigma. I, for one, always try to look at the person and not the illness. So I asked where we were going. She took me by the arm and led me to the common area. She went over to the book cabinet, turned and looked at me and muttered, Read book. I was completely taken aback, the fact that she was speaking. She pulled out a random book and handed it to me. She then sat down on the floor and started rocking backwards and forth. I joined her on the floor and started reading the book. It was just some random old book, probably a charity book, and it had no special meaning. But as I read, she came closer and closer to me. She then cuddled up to me, put her head in my lap, and fell asleep. One of my colleagues came by and she looked absolutely shocked. And before I knew it, five or six people, including the chief psychiatrist, was looking at me reading this random book out to her. I caught a lot of praise for this, which was always nice, but then things took a turn for the worst. For me, at least. It started one night when I was home alone. It was a completely normal night for me, until I heard something from upstairs coming downstairs. The best way to describe it was like a big dog thrashing and tumbling down the stairs. You know, like when a dog rushes down the stairs to greet you, but this was bigger, much bigger. I could hear the weight of something tumbling down while nails or claws or whatever slid on the steps. I got up thinking somehow there was a massive animal in my house, but there was nothing there. That scared the living shit out of me. I'd never had anything like that happen to me. I left the house and stayed the night with my parents. But 
I also had strange effects on my body. Like, I had a filter over my eyes or something. Everything started to seem out of focus, like tunnel vision, but a massive blur added to it. And then I started to dissociate. I had this feeling of being totally out of contact with my body. Then came the panic attacks. My girlfriend called an ambulance one time because I was on the verge of a heart attack and the paramedic said that I had a heart rate of 240 beats per minute. I had no prior problems with my psyche, but I figured it was just stress. I suffered from sleep paralysis before, but I'd never had hallucinations or what do you want to call it. But that started recently. I see a large black mass with long arms and legs and it sits in the top corner of our bedroom like a massive spider, but just with four legs. This is now happening on a nightly basis. A couple of days ago, I told my girlfriend about it because she kept pestering me with questions about my nightmares. She said, that's funny. Every time you go to sleep, you look up in that corner with some sort of smirk. That reminded me of Anne, and now I'm absolutely terrified that I might have brought something home. Believe it or not, that's up to you. I've never treated a patient like Anne, and none of my colleagues have either. It was scary stuff, and I have never suffered any psychological problems before. Never. But something is going on. I'm sure of it. It feels like it wants to get back at me for something that I did. I don't know. And by the way... Anne is much better today. She's in a rehabilitating home where she thrives and one day she might even, you know, be able to go out and have a normal life. And that's where it ends. Mm, I do not claim any energy from that story. I would just like to make it known. Yeah, dude, when I when I read that and I, I messaged the person, I was just like, ah. Uh, yeah, I, I was like, back in holy water, salt, everything, just, oh. I just the 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 coincidence of well the coincidence coincidental like the corner smirking of the room yeah and the smirk yeah. like oh that that mm, sent yeah. me I was like oh this is a really heartbreaking story about mental health which it is yeah but then the smirking I was like fuck literally them. the exact well, same thing that happened to me like yeah when I was reading I was like oh this is like really gut wrenching like yeah oh, like hopefully you know like in my mind when he said the title of being, you know, I brought something home with me. I thought, oh, no, like, Anne's, you know, mm. obviously passed. Like, she's had something terrible happen to her. And then, you know, because he was kind to her, she, like, followed him home, you know, like right. a spirit looking for that kind. And then, like, those similarities lining up, it's like, oh, shit. That was a, that was a spooky, man. That was very spooky. Uh, it's, a, it's an amazing story. Like, literally, probably one of the best ones that I've, I've definitely read. Mm. Um, it is it's very sad about Anne. I hope she is doing better. Yeah. And I hope... Um, Tom is is doing better and he isn't, you know, having these terrible, um, I guess, hallucinations or whatever. But fuck, man, I would be packing my pants. Um, Yeah, we'll never be looking into the corner of a room ever again, though. So that's great. I feel really positive about that. Yeah, I just sleep with my light on for like a night or two just because obviously like my room has got a lot of corners uh, and they get dark and stuff. And so I was like, yep, no, we're not having dark corners. None of that shadow shit anyway. <laughs> nice job. Well well read and well written. So I'm going to read you mine. And oh, yes. I'm excited. This is a very descriptive piece. Uh, so thank you very much to Tyler from Kansas City for this, for allowing me to read this. Are we ready? Lay it on me. 
This story is titled Sunday Morning Services. In the autumn of 1996, I was 10 years old at church. The foyer was pulsing with happy members greeting each other and catching up on the week's events. The other youths and I were saddled up to the drinking fountain, timing how long we could drink water. Kale was timing with his calculator watch. Man, that son of a bitch whipped it out any time he could. What a power move. I was getting nervous because I was on deck and I had not yet realized the unholy ability I have to chug. That I would gain in college. I looked nervously into the crowd and noticed Mr. Miller inching up the stairs. He was wearing an oversized wrinkled black suit cinched above his waist. It looked as if he had bought the suit in the 1970s and said, this will be the suit for the rest of my life. He had shrunk noticeably since that purchase, so he looked like a child in his father's suit. Where is his wife, I thought, as he reached the top step of the cement slab stairs. The same people were always at church, and if you weren't, you would get two dozen phone calls quizzing your whereabouts. Then, something more strange. He was not greeted as he shuffled in. He was not spoken to by anyone at all. No one even glanced his way. That's odd, because usually everyone at church can't wait to exchange pleasantries and gossip. As he walked through the foyer and got closer, I noticed his eyes. They looked reflective and metallic, as if mercury from a poisonous thermometer. His skin was grey, like the mortar between the dark red brick walls of the foyer. A hard left turn, and he was in the chapel. Moments later, the organ started, which was our cue to find our seats. I looked around for Mr. Miller, but he wasn't in his usual spot. The service started as normal, and I was back to daydreaming of the potluck after the service. Stand up, sit down, sing, pray, rinse, repeat. Everything was happening like it always happened before. Then, the pastor got to the prayers section of the program. We prayed for all of the sick members' recovery. Next, he asked us to pray for the soul of Mr. James Miller and his family because he had died of a heart attack the night before. I was so confused. The event didn't truly frighten me until I thought about it years later. Was that his soul on autopilot? Was it a memory replaying? Who knows? I didn't see Mr. Miller again, but the potluck was all cocktail meatballs, potato casseroles, and one dish of ambrosia salad. I washed it down with a little watery lemonade. And that's the story. Ugh. I love it. It's so descriptive. So well written. That's amazing. Such an it, like, phenomenal it's job. Amazing. Such a... But yeah. like really vivid oh that twist that twist point i love it when stories have that twist point where like they're just kind of like telling you all this information Mm. and then it's almost like i i don't want to call it a cliffhanger because the cliffhanger is like obviously when you end the story on something shocking and you don't Mm. give any context but it's literally like they throw you off a cliff it's like here's all this information nice little journey no 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 and then here is something that goes oh shit yeah (laughs) that that story feels like a little vignette and a little like a little mirror into a child's life and a little experience and so descriptive and so um short as well like it doesn't 
Um, I love it when something is very like, it feels expansive and descriptive, but it's also done in a really quick way. Like I quite like that. <clears throat> Sorry, my mm. voice is going. Yeah, I really loved it. It was honestly, it was amazing. Oh, How God. was my... I love it though. Yeah. <laughs> just his, his friend's just like, just whipping out. Oh yeah, his calculator watch. <laughs> That son of a bitch whipped it out any any time he could. What a power move. I love that line so much. It's so funny. Do you remember when like do you remember when like people used to have those like colored glasses? They were almost like Ray-Ban. No, no, not Ray-Bans. Uh, you know how like we used to have aviators, right? Yeah. Like aviator glasses. But like they'd have like pink or purple actual yeah. glass lenses. Yeah. And like they'd be bedazzled or jeweled or something. It was like very nineties, like yeah. Lizzie McGuire type. Oh, of shit. Lizzie McGuire is such a great reference for what you're talking about. <laughs> oh god, I I remember like being because I didn't have those at school. Like, um, I just mum didn't get them for me. Mm. But all the other kids like they had them and like they'd like show them off and just every mufty day it'd be like, ugh, shut the fuck up. We get it. You've got these like fancy glasses. <laughs> and then half of them would forget about them, fold them up, and put them in their back pocket, yeah. and then sit on them and fucking crush them. Mm. And it would just be like, shame, dickhead. <laughs> That's so true. It's so funny when you would bring stuff to school and then immediately regret it because it would either get stepped on and like stolen or like someone else would break it when they were trying to use it. That's why they never let you bring exactly. good stuff to school. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. All right. So those were the stories we had. I love the, this week's stories. I love them. Very good stories. Yeah. yeah. Thank you all so much for listening. We really appreciate it. If you want to check us out uh, on Instagram, Vic, how can they check us out? On- it is. <laughs> it is uh, shit that scares us um, on Instagram. If you want to email the podcast, it's uh, shit that scares us pod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely take a look at the links in our link tree in our bio. Um, definitely head over to the Ukraine link and, you know, just mm-hmm. have a read. Um, if you can help in any way possible, please do. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. And they, of course, would super appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, we, we got a you got to stand up to bullies because we don't like bullies here at Shit That Scares Us. No, we don't. Yeah. That's what we want you to take away from this segment. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. See you soon. Bye.